Scattery of Senan, the island of Scattery, or to give it its old and historical name, Inish Cahig, lies in the Shannon estuary about two miles from Capapier near Kilrush in West Clare. The island is about a mile long and more than half a mile wide, and local tradition suggests that it was uninhabited when St. Senan founded a thriving monastic settlement there. Senan, who founded that settlement in the teeth of vicious opposition from the local chief of the Efigente Maktal, his druid, and of course, the monster. Today, the island, apart from two people, is largely uninhabited, and that great expanse of land is now a home for rabbits and wild birds and wild beasts of all descriptions. When we went there, it was a grey day. A day of full-puffed, low-hanging clouds and fleecy breakers. A day when seagulls fly low and when knowledgeable men cock a night to the sky and forecast rain tomorrow. A day, too, of bustling wind, and the wind is never far from you, on or near Scattery Island, especially as you're near the shore at the little pier. We came in on the boat, and it was a rough day, in the company of Father Pat Culligan and three islanders, Gerald Griffin, John Brennan, and our first talker, Michael Scanlon. You can see now the lighthouse, the lightkeeper, that's the drilling house there, that's the battery, the fort there, do you see it? I do, yes, yes. And that's, do you see the little building alongside the fort? Yes. That was the pilot station, that was built in 1932, you see it. And that house there, you see the house with no chimneys? I do. That was the man who was in charge of the soldiers. He was the master gunner when the when the soldiers were here. He was the master gunner. This is when the British Army were well, here. Yeah, the master gunner. That was the master gunner's house. Now, in my young days, there was three houses here. Yeah, you can see the ruins there always. You see them. Indeed, you can along yeah. from the back of the shore. When I was going to school here, that's fifty years ago. There was hundred and sixty-seven in the island, and there was sixty-seven going to school. Sixty-seven, yeah. How do you feel looking at it now? Well, now it makes me very lonely. I don't visit only very seldom. <laughs> do you know? I, I mean to say all our people here, father and mother, I can remember them, grandfather grandmother. You know, when you come in there now, it makes me very lonely to look at it and to stay to see. Where was your own house? Our own house originally here. You see in there. There's only the ruins now. That's but gone we, too. But we shifted to this one here. Do you see this? The, the goodish one here at the corner. I do see that one, yes, yes I do. Yes, that's yeah. the one. We finished up there. That was where the soldiers just land here with the boats. See this little pier here? Soldiers. There was a pub there as well that time. I believe in the grandfather's time, you know. There were no pubs right there when you were a young lad in the island? No, no. Uh, they were stopped that time, you know, because, you see, what happened to the pub? When the pub was here, they were coming in from the town. And they were getting drunk, you see. <laughs> All the people from the town used to come in. It was outside the three-mile limit that time. <laughs> what they call bona fide travellers. Bona fide travellers, right. offshore island. Yeah. <laughs> because when you went to town out the hotel, we were bona fide in the hotel, you know. We were three miles of a Sunday. We've just come through a fairly rough patch in the water there. Is that always rough? Always rough. Wintertime, very bad. Oh, very bad in the wintertime. Terrible bad altogether. Have people been lost there from time to time? No, not a whole lot. There was a few lost, all right. There was a man and his wife, and the son coming in from Kilrush. It was in the dark, and they were lost. They were. They were lost there. The islanders were all seagoing people, of course, weren't they? They were. They were. They all originally... Uh, they, 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 the pilots came up here years and years ago, and that was from Kilbaha.
I'm standing here now with Gerald Griffin and uh, John Brennan here in the ruins of the old National School in Scattery. Do you remember coming in here? I do indeed, yeah. I do indeed. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was one of the last pupils that was in this school uh, when it closed and uh, we moved to school on the mainland. There was only three in the school when it closed, a brother of mine and a first cousin, a girl, Patricia McMahon. And uh, three of us moved to school in the mainland. Who was the teacher here? Uh, Miss Nora Culligan from Bryan. So, in fact, you were in the last class here? I was in the last class here. No, it's, it's very deserted and the, the floors are they're gone and the windows gone. are gone. What memories does it bring back to you? Oh, good memories of childhood, like living in the island and uh, going to school in the island, you know. Uh, really sad to come back and see it in such a condition today, like, you know. Did you live far from school? Uh, well, say a quarter of a mile from school. And, of course, you walked. I walked. There was no other means of going. <laughs> there was no the other island. means of going. I was at your walk. Was the mainland school a big change? Ah, uh, not really, because we had a very good school here and a good teacher, so not that much of a change. Did you find the mainland children much different from yourselves here? Well, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, yourself brought up in an island. Uh, it takes a wee while to fit in with mainland children, but in all... I met some very good friends there. How old were you the day that you left the island? Uh, Fourteen. Can you remember that day well? I can, yeah. It was Sunday afternoon, the start school on the Monday morning. And were there many went out with you? A uh, brother of mine, as I say, and first cousin together. I suppose you were too young, in a sense, were you to think much about the island that time? And those days, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Well, sad that Sunday evening, leaving it, like to go to school in the mainland, but... Uh, didn't think much about it, you know, until later years. Do you feel that, that the island should ever have been left by the people? Uh, well, uh, yeah, left by the people, but uh, the selling of the island, that I did not agree with. I maintain uh, that the island should have been kept by the island people and, well, maintain it as best as possible. Like now, it is on the ruins, and there's a pity. It's nobody's island now. It's nobody's island. That's the way it looks like, especially with the last ten years. It has just gone to ruin. A far cry indeed from the Kilimer Tarbert car ferry of today, and this is where I met Nora Culligan, who was the last teacher on the island school. Cars were queued in their thousands as we sat and talked, but her eyes looked away out in the distance in the mist towards the little island and her thoughts and memories went back to days when life was quieter and life was perhaps gentler, back to that very first day on Scattery. My first impression on the place was that I loved it on first sight, and I knew I'd find it very hard to leave it. That's how I felt the first day. Had you many children in school with you that day? Um, I think it was 28. And they were all ages, were they? They ranged from... Five to seventeen and a half boys. That was a very wide sweep, wasn't yeah. it? The oldest boy I had was Mike McMahon. He was seventeen years and seven months. And he was his ship was bombed in nineteen forty. At the age of just a few years afterwards, during the war. Many of these people in fact were in the services during the war, were they? They were. And six of my past pupils 
lost their lives in the last war. Were you always conscious of them as a seafaring people? Yes. Now, how did you manage for accommodation? I stayed with a Mrs. Mealikan. Um, her house was once Marcus Keane's lodge. Marcus Keane was the landlord there originally, and twice a year he came in to collect the rent from the few people that lived there. And Mealikan's bought the house, and I stayed with them. What was life like for you on the island then? Um, I was very happy there. Do you know, we swam things during swam and boat. We went boating a lot during the summer holidays. We took in our own coal and turf, everything like that. And in winter time, we knitted, read, listened to the radio, and danced. What types of dances did they like? Um, Caledonian, plain set, mazurks, lancers. All the dances, in fact, the cultists are promoting today. They had them all. Were you conscious of the islanders having its own distinctive traditions? Not exactly, because, you see, it was too close to Kilrush, and the fact that all the boys, as soon as they knocked off from school, you see, they all went to sea. In fact, I felt that the people of Scattery uh, were a little bit beyond the country people, you know, like, they had advanced, they had travelled all over the five continents, most of them, especially the old men. Was there a high level of intelligence among the children? Very much so. Very much so. Boys and girls. Uh, but as soon as they finished with Scattery School... Their aim was to go to sea, and the aim of the girls was to get married locally, and they did. None of them went to secondary school, except one boy, John Brennan. And he became a teacher in Kilmacott School. When you went there in the in the 30s, uh, it was very bad at the time of the Depression. Was Were you conscious of poverty in the island? That's what I want to say to you. No, they're, they're very well off there, actually. Very wealthy, by country standards, at that time. The land was good, was it? The land was good. And all of those that lived in the land, they were either sailors, pilots, lightshipmen or lighthousemen. And now the little schoolhouse stands, windowless and almost roofless, a home, as I said earlier, for rabbits and for the soughing and the sighing and the moaning of the wind on what are to be summer days. While there, too, I met another islander, John Brennan. I went to school here about uh, 1940. I went to school in the mainland, to Kilrush. And, uh... What was childhood like on the island? Yeah, it was quite good that time. Uh, we used to have an odd Kelly here and uh, all the rest of it. At one stage here, there was about 40 pupils going, you know, and uh, it was quite nice at that time. Rabbits appear to have um, taken over in a big oh, way on the have, island. Yeah. Were there many rabbits around when you were a young lad? Oh, no, no rabbits until... Uh, yeah, they were introduced in about 25 years ago. And as you see now, it's overran. Do you often come back to the island? Oh, now and again, yeah. yeah. Often take a trip out. Yeah. What are your own feelings about it? Yeah, I think myself it should never have been sold, first of all, and kept up. It's just... 
no man's land now. Thrones, as you see. Had the island people a definite character, different kind of personality, would you say? Oh, they had definitely, yeah. Same as all the islands, tradition of their own, like, you know, their own gear to go, but um, circumstances, they had to leave it. The school closed, and pilot station was moved out to Kappa. I suppose that had a great meaning for a tour of evacuation. They were traditionally men of the sea, weren't they? Oh, yes, I went to sea, Lighthouses and lightships, pilots. Do we know at all when your own, the Brennan family, came to the island first? Yes, well, originally they came from a place called the Krakon, about two miles west of Kilbar. About seven families, they uh, salvaged the ship that came in there. The Windsor Castle was on there. They bought the island from uh, Marcus Cain, he was the agent, the landlord. I think the landlord's name was Wesley. And uh, they salvaged uh, Carago. The money they got for it, they bought the island here. And have it settled down, started piloting them. And down from there. Was there piloting in your own family? Oh, yes. My father was a pilot, grandfather, and his father. So there would be a very strong feeling for the sea on the island, too? Oh, yes. Oh, definitely, yeah. Gerald, when, um, when did the Griffins come to the island? Uh, about the same time as John speaks about uh, the Windsor Castle, uh, the pilot station was then at Kilkardown Head and uh, they salvaged the ship, the Windsor Castle, and uh, they got so much each out of that ship and uh, they bought plots of land in this island. They were the original pilots, the Griffins, Brennans, uh, McMahons and the Scandlins. Inside now, in the round tower, and outside the wind is howling out there. But you can look up here through the darkness, and there are strange walls of light looking up towards the top of the round tower. How high is it? 85 feet. Now, this one is unusual in that there's an entry at the ground level. Normally, they'd entry a story or two up where they could put a ladder up after them. That's right, about 12 feet up. But uh, what they see is there. Uh, times were getting better when they built this one. You see, there wasn't so much trouble in Ireland, and they came down to the bottom of the door. They felt yeah. safe in walking oh, in and out. They did, walking in and out, yeah. When you were a young lad going to school, did this tower mean much to you at all? Uh, well, we just, uh, <laughs> we just, you know, took it for granted. Like, we didn't, uh, you know. Now, it's an island of many churches. We passed by a cemetery there. What's that? Uh, that's St Mary's. And the church alongside it? It's that St Mary's church door. Well, that cemetery was given by by the landlord that time. Uh, the, you know what I mean for the people of Scathry to be, be to be buried here. What are the principal names there now? The principal names there now are Scanlon, Brennan, McMahon, and Griffin. Almost uh, as we have them here today. On this trip almost the very the same. There's only one I'd say missing. You know, one of the names. Were were mainlanders buried here as well? They were mainlanders buried here as well. Yeah, they like to come in to be buried in Scathry. Now, there's also a church to here across the field from the Round Tower. What's this one here? Uh, this one here, no, that's St. Michael's Church. Yeah. Any particular stories about that? Uh, no, well, that was the monastery here. That was like two churches in one. And then St. I gather there's a church in the field, is there? Th there is, that's St. Sinan's. 
yeah. that's the man about whom all the, 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 the talk, talk is. Yeah. And the small one up here is uh, Arn and Angle, the height of the angels. That's all, yeah. Now, when you were growing up here, when they had funerals, had any particular uh, customs here, perhaps uncommon? Uh, no, not a lot, but you, they always went a long way around to the, to the graveyard, you know. They didn't take the short uh, road at all. They always went a long way around to keep them, you know, to, keep, uh, to make it as long as possible. Then would a wake go on for very long? A wake would go on all night. All night till morning. And all the people in Scatterie were at the wake, you see. And they had to drop it there, you know, the, the good stuff there as well. Yes. Again, of course, you were far enough from the mainland, you had no problems. We had no problems, no. We had to bring it in from the mainland, you see. Oh, they didn't make the. Uh, no, no, good stuff no, here. no, they didn't. No, we brought it in from the mainland, yeah. They didn't make the good. No, they never made the good stuff here, no. They, it seemed they hadn't the secret of making it, you know. But indeed, there was no shortage in other parts of the banner. No shortage, no. Go west a bit and you had plenty. <laughs> <laughs> now, as we came along the foreshore, we saw a flat burial stone. Um, somebody buried at that particular point? There is somebody buried there, but nobody seemed to know who was buried there. But as well, it was the start of doing the round. You see the round in Scathry. What was the round? The round was that you got on that... You started at that stone, and you went down to low tide mark, barefooted, and you walked the circle right round, and you finished back into stone again. You see... And then you did at uh, the church here, at the church over with the burial church there, you did ten rounds of that. And that was the round. People came from far and wide for to do that round. What prayers were said, do you know? Uh, well, it, it, it was up to yourself, like you could say whatever prayers you like yourself, you know. Inevitably, then, that we would take the road to prayer, the well road. And it seems to me strange that national monuments, so venerated and so respected, are so disgracefully treated from the point of view of approaches. Everywhere was overgrown and briar-ridden. And, uh, indeed, many of the most famous national weeds are to be found in profusion on the island of Scattery. But the well road leads to St. Senan's Well, and the locals say it's something like eight foot deep and it's very lucky to drink the water and to say three Hail Marys at the same time. And also the water from Senan's Well, I'm told, on good authority, will banish every snail you ever had from every garden you ever had. Also, the moss by the side of the well has a cure for warts. Senan dominates everything on Scattery. Senan appears to me to dominate everything in West Clare, as I learn now too from Father Pat Culligan. Well, Donica Sennan was born in the parish of Kilimer, about six miles from where we are at the moment. And uh, his sister is also regarded as a saint, Saint Aimee. And uh, after her, the parish of Kilimer, where they were born, is called Kilimer. And that's known to many people nowadays because of the ferry from across the estuary here from Tarbert to Kilimer. Um, Sinan, as you say, uh, dominates in, in history all this uh, locality here. And uh, I suppose there couldn't be anything more picturesque than his island, Scattery Island. As you say, you can see this round tower all over the West Clare area. 
And it is the first island, of course, uh, on the River Shannon. And the minute anybody, any boat enters the mouth of the Shannon, the first thing they will see is the Round Tower and the island. Um, it is, of course, a very interesting fact of, uh, of the river that, that it is so mighty a river that we're here at the mouth of it and that it, it stretches away up to its source in Cavan over 200 miles from here. And as we were saying earlier on in the day, it passes many uh, a village and many a town in the city of Limerick on its way. Of course, the Shannon is tidal, as you probably know, as far as the city of Limerick, which is 45, 50 miles from here. Um, notably, of course, the Shannon um, uh, passes by a number of, 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 of monastic sites, but especially, we should mention, I think, Clonmacnoise. That quiet water land. Exactly, a land of roses. Stand St. Kieran City Fair. Well, St. Kieran, it was a, a pupil of Sinan, supposed to have been a pupil uh, at Scattery. And I suppose he didn't come by land or by air, he came by water down here uh, to Scattery to study. In, in the monastery of St. Sinan. It's interesting too, I, I think, to state that, that, that um, uh, it, it's fairly well regarded that the, the, the monastic sites on the west coast of Ireland were mostly built of stone in the earlier period. We know they all over the country they were subsequently built of stone, but we're given to understand that where they had huts in some monastic sites in other parts of Ireland, that they had per force of the climate in the west to build um, on, on stone. More enduring. Uh, more enduring uh, stones, you know. Um, the other interesting point about Sinan, another interesting point is that, that um, such was his dominance in this area in the early days of uh, Christianity in Ireland that um, this uh, was a diocese, the Diocese of Scattery. Uh, and um, <laughs> interesting too that seeing that it was an island seat that, that the diocese took in part of Kerry, Limerick and Clare, bordering all around this estuary here. Uh, we're given to understand that it went down quite a piece in, 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 in County Kerry. And Sinan was uh, bishop, supposed to be bishop of Limerick uh, uh, for a time. But this, in subsequent uh, times after Sinan, was a diocese in its own right. Uh, Sinan, incidentally, is birthed uh, his his feast day is on the 8th of March. I understand it's the, the, as they used to do in those times, uh, the feast days was regarded from the date of death, not birth. Mm. Uh, the 8th of March, in very good company with St. John of God, and the 8th of March, and the great doctor of the church the day before him, the 7th of March. The Diocese of Scattery lasted, uh, we are told in history, documented, until the 12th century. So after Sinan, there would have been um, a bishop on that island for, for, for about six centuries. Um, looking up to documentation, you saw we came armed with some books. Uh, the documentation tells us there were quite a number of, uh, of synods of the church, of the Holy Roman Church in Ireland in the 12th century. Obviously, they were doing an awful lot of tidying up, and it would appear that at that time that, that Limerick and Killaloo dioceses um, were demanding that the portions of the Diocese of Scattery uh, would go back to them, and um, I suppose the same happened in, across the way in Kerry, so that it ceased... Um, 
either at the dice, uh, either at the Synod of Rathbrasil, which was in eleven eleven, a very interesting date for ones, or eleven fifty two, which was a synod in Kells. But there were other synods on that particular century, so that's finished. Um, uh, Scattery as a diocese in this particular area, of course, all this West Clare area would have been in a tour, I, I believe, what is coterminous with, with what we regard as the Barney of Korkabashkin in mm. West Clare. Um, so that I suppose we could say that Sinan's um, influence uh, ecclesiastically lasted here from his birth uh, in the 6th century um, to um, the... Um, Twelfth uh, century as a diocese, but uh, I, I must be more correct in case somebody would say that well, right, it lasted further. It, there, there was a monastery on this um, island until Elizabethan times. It ceased in Elizabethan times, and we're given to understand that there was a sad ending, in that the Elizabethan soldiers um, um, raided the, the the island and um, uh, took the monks on board ship, and that they were drowned on sea, murdered out at sea. This is, I suppose, the most sacred part of the island. This is St. Sinan's Church. Yeah, this is his own, reputed his own church. And at the west side is reputed his tomb. Dates from about the 12th century. This particular church, do we know how when it was built originally? Well, it's uh, around the 12th century, supposed to be built. And he certainly had a good view of the the mainland from here. By contrast with the the rest of the island, it's, it's very calm in here, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite calm in here all the time. Is there an inscription on the tomb or any mark? Uh, there is some mark on it, but um, it's very difficult to... It's no Latin inscription. Were you told much of St. Sinan when you were at school here? Yes, we were quite a good lot of the history, you know. What, and, uh, what impression of him emerges? What type of man was he? Yeah, well, according to what we uh, read about him, like he was... He was in charge of the lot anyway, of the island, you know, and it was a great seat of learning. All the bishops are calling it the, the annals, and the Bishop of Lismore used to come often to visit him. And uh, he was a very courageous man. And, uh, it was a great seat of learning. And he had no regard for women, had he? Oh, no, 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 no women allowed in his time. There is, There was one landed on the island during his time, and... Uh, she she died shortly after landing, and uh, her grave was to be seen there at Low Water Merch. She was buried at Low Water Merch. Wouldn't allow her to be buried on the island. No. We've crossed over an iron bar now, and we're in where Senan is appears to have been buried. Yeah. What's the tradition of that bar here, the iron bar? Yeah, well, there was no woman allowed, uh, supposed to get in under that bar or to visit the tomb, you know. It's the old tradition. Was it supposed to have had a bad effect on her to cross the bar? Yes, so, 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 yeah. What effect was it reputed to have? Yeah, well, there was different diseases would would happen. And any married woman would become barren, all that superstition, you know. And would island women ever cross that bar? No, I, I haven't seen, ever heard of any of them. Yeah. They kept it up also. 
And these yeah. few stones here in the corner yeah. of this windswept yeah, hill, yeah. that's yeah. where Selin lies. Aye. Well, a lot of the stones have been chipped and taken away, you know. Seeming always took a bit of the stone like and kept it, you know. They were going, up, going off to sea, our fishermen. These were islanders? Islanders, yeah. And uh, from the mainland as well, they just take some stones and earth, you know, earth for their gardens and all that. <laughs> Mick, tell us about St. Senna and the cure for arthritis. Yeah. That's right, I'll tell you all about that now. There was an old woman here, very religious, you know, and she got an awful dose of arthritis, and she said, somebody said to her, if you go up to the church and sleep during the night and say your prayers in the morning, your arthritis will be gone. So anyway, morning came and the arthritis was gone, she walked home. So there was another old man there, and he was fond of a drop, and he wasn't over religious. So he said he'd have a go. So he went up anyhow, and about 12 o'clock in the night, the stone started at him, whoever started stoning him, you know, firing stones at him. So it was so more religious neighbours. more religious neighbours, fire stones at him, and he had to run it. But by the time he got home, his arthritis was gone, <laughs> running from the stones. So St. Sennan works in strange ways. In strange ways, yeah, he works for the good and the bad. <laughs> Do we know at all what tradition says he came to Scattery first? We don't know a lot about that, but uh, all we know about is that when he came to Scattery first, there was a serpent here. The island is in Ishkaig, as you know, that's the island of the serpent. And he banished that serpent out of this island, right, to Malacca Lake. That's further over, the lads that know where Malacca Lake is there, met. Yeah. And Senan settled here himself, He then. settled here himself, then, with his monks here. Yeah. Now this old tradition we talked about earlier is his grave about women not crossing that bar. Yeah. Had you heard of that when you were young? I was, yeah. Everybody knew about that when they were here. There were no women under that bar. No. And ships also thought highly of this place, did they? Maiden ships and their maiden voyage? Uh, yes, all the ships and boats, uh, they made around the scattery, you know, before they, they, before they went to, uh, you know what I mean, went about their business, they... they they, they all made around the island. Even in the Corrigs here, when they built a new Corrig, that had to make around. You see? Now, you were telling me on the boat, earlier, in case the wind was too strong, you might repeat it, about the land being parcelled out here. The land had been parcelled out here. The pilots... There was a ship on the shore in Kilbaha called the Windsor Castle. The pilots were stationed that time in Kilkildan, weren't they? That's correct, yeah. Yes, that's, they were stationed in yeah. Kilkildan. And they salvaged the cargo, and they got five hundred pounds. Well, five hundred pounds in eighteen thirty-one would be worth a, a fair bit now, wouldn't it? Mm. So they came here and they bought five acres, right, Gerald? Yeah. Five right. acres so each. Yeah, yeah. Five acres each. Well, some of them wound up with twenty acres, and some of them had fourteen, and some of them had two. Yeah. You see. How did that come about then? Well, supposing I was down on my luck a bit and shot up a few bob, I said to you, I said to you, buy that field and give me a dinner. You bought the field and there was no papers to up to your field. Well, then when the solicitor in town, when it came to be sold, that was the trouble. The fellow that was living here, his land was over at the other side of Scatley, and the fellow that was over there, his land was here. Was there a great community here, great spirit? Oh, there was, oh, there was. Oh, there was my my young time, time here. There were 67 going to school when I was going to school here. There was 167 in the island that time. 
Looking around us here, can you tell us who lived in these houses here? That's uh, Herr's house there now, Herr's. They came in originally as herdsmen for the landlord, Marcus Key, and that was his large day. That's his large day. There was children, I suppose, born in that house? They were, and they were all, mostly all, they all went to the States, you know, they're spread all over the world. They're out in Australia, New Zealand, everywhere, out of Scattery. This particular serpent we were talking about earlier, was it a hard fight, as traditions say? Oh, it was a hard fight to get him out. Don't you see what he did there? You see that holler through the Kilroch there? He's supposed to ploughed that on his way to Malacca Lake. <laughs> he was, was travelling fast and that wasn't easily done. <laughs> oh, he was jet propelled going through there. <laughs> we, we're told too that, that the Norsemen raided the island, didn't they? The Danes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, supposed to have. Yeah, uh, Mick could tell more about that. Maybe. <laughs> did he? Did he? The, the Danes raided here. There was a battle here. There was all bones here. Every place you dig here for a new garden is all bones. So it must have been a terrible battle here. Brian Bar- I know that Brian Barrow came, came in here or not, but there was, a, there was supposed to be a battle here, yeah. And, of course, the Danes were beaten. Oh, bound to be beaten. Once you had sent in and behind you, you could oh. beat anyone. Sinan, I suppose, was revered, and is he still remembered in folklore? Very much so. Sinan is definitely very much remembered. There's a, an interesting little story told about him in his birthplace in the in Molokka, the plain of the lake, as it is translated in the parish of Kilimer. There, the lake uh, owes its origin even to Sinan. It's said that um, his mother and himself were one day out walking and that uh, the mother was thirsty and anxious for a drink. The saint pulled up a few rushes and that the lake that lasts until the present day uh, is there. Um, we also know the, the, the name of his father and mother. That uh, Her name was Comjella, and the, the saint sin's father's name was Erkin. So um, there is much history and much folklore about him. There are many, many of the present churches in this area of West Clare are called after St. Sinan and also after St. Diamond, the parish church in Kilimer is called after him. Uh, uh, Sinan activity wasn't confined to West Clare either. Sinan, uh, uh, we know in history that, that, that um, he is um, known in your own county, Cork, across the way even in uh, the Celtic part of, of, of West England in, in Cornwall and on to France. People respected him. Did they fear him too in traditions? Uh, he seemed to be a man of some hot temper. Uh, well, there are some, 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 some stories of, of, uh, to, to, to give credence to that, uh, especially as regards that he didn't allow the ladies onto oh. the island and um, that, that one dear lady that persisted uh, uh, came off the worst of it, uh, we are told. But, but um, perhaps it's just in those times that he had just a monastic establishment for men and that his regulation was that he didn't want uh, uh, women on the island and that was it. It's rather sad this evening to see the island now with just two people left on it. Yes, it, it, it is in a way. But again, as one of the men made a point to you in the afternoon, that perhaps the facilities that we are enjoying in Ireland in the last 
25 years of communications, televisions, radios, uh, phones and the rest of it, if these had been um, got on the island and other islands around the coast in time, uh, they would have been more attractive to the natives. As we know now, they're becoming more havens for people who are getting away from uh, urban dwelling. We were talking to about about wakes and about funerals. Were the wakes good here in the old days? Oh, they were. All the wakes were right, right good, yeah. There was uh, always a drop of the, uh, the creator going about, you know, and it went on all night. Yeah. And what were Christmases like for youngsters on the island? What was the biggest treat at Christmas time? Uh, the usual, you know. Hanging up the stockings and all that and the ties from the mainland. Would going to the mainland be a big treat for you? Well, more or less, you know. Christmas week was a fair. Yeah. Then, if you had if you had weddings on the island, how important were they in the local community life? Oh, they were very important. Oh, that was a big yeah, it was a big night. Oh yeah, they had the bucks and all in that time. The bucks they were called here. You call them the straw me now. Do you understand me? They were the gatecrashers. And where would the bucks come from? Oh, here? Yeah. It was another night. It was like it was like the wake, but it was uh, you know what I mean. It was uh, the opposite of the wake. It went down all night. Yeah. And where would the honeymoon be spent? Well, generally, uh, they, they, after the night, after the wake was over, they generally turned to in the morning, <laughs> out in the garden again, <laughs> saving hay. <laughs> Life went back to normality. Normality. In twenty-four hours later, you were back to normal. <laughs> And uh, when people came in from the mainland to be buried, do you remember funerals coming in? I do. How would they bring them across? They brought them across by boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by boat. But uh, if anyone now belonged to the mainland, or anyone from Scatterley died in the mainland, they'd be brought in. There were all the Corrocks, weren't they, Gerald? That's all right. the Corrocks. Yeah, by Corrocks. the first Corrock, and you had all the Corrocks following that. That's right. Yeah. So you could say that the, 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 the distance between here and Kilrush could be filled with Corrocks? It could. It could. That's right. Was the fishing good for the people here? In, in our, my younger days, the fishing was very bad. Salmon and salmon and that were very bad. It's only these late years that good. Salmon was bad. Was there any memory at all of the famine on the island? Uh, no, no, not a whole lot about the famine. The famine in Scattery at all. But uh, I used to often hear the people, the old people, all came from Kilbaha, and uh, the soup kitchens were back there that time. I heard them talking about that, you know. Yeah, and the little arches, you know, there, and only in church you might have heard about it there. You mentioned Marcus Kane, is that right? That's the landlord who was here. Where did he live? Uh, he lived, well, he, he had three months here, and the rest of his time he, he, he lived in Innes. What was the general feeling towards him? Uh, he was a bad landlord, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was one of the right bad ones we got down here from or another. <laughs> were there evictions from here? Uh, not a lot of evictions, no, but uh, Marcus Kane, uh, they hated, they, they didn't like Marcus Kane down at all here, yeah. Even every, the fence poles when I was a young fella, do you know the poles for the fences? His name was never one, wasn't it, Jell? Stamped in, yeah. in case they were taken at all in him, you know. Did he meet the people at all when he was around here? Never met him, no. Uh, he never met him. Uh, the man I'm showing you over in the church there, Michael, and the spirit here, the Scotsman, he was to go around to collect the rents. But he never met the people. 
Now, there's one non-Catholic ballot here. There is, yeah. How did he make his way there? I tell you now, Marcus, they had wear, salmon wears at the back of Scotland at that time, and he was brought down from the very tip of Scotland. It was Dylan the Stroma he came from. It was in the Pintland Fist. That's right up in the... He was brought down here to look after the whales. Uh, Marcus didn't uh, trust the people of Scathrip and to look after him, so I brought him down. So they buried him here. And the island people objected to him getting buried, so they buried him as far back in the graveyard as they could get. <laughs> Not dead, but sleeping in the bottom of his stone there. <laughs> You liked life there. I loved it. And it was very lonely when I left it. The little school is right down at the at the seafront. Yeah, it was built about 1900, you know. And um, I would say about 10 teachers, trained teachers served there. And were you time. the last? I was the last. School shut about six months after my leaving. Can you picture your last day there? Yeah. Well, I wasn't lonely, like I was going to a local school in my own parish, near my own parish. And that was the end of the island? And that was the end. Well, it was the beginning of a new life for them, because after that, they built homes in the mainland. Came out to live in Kappa. The island is famous as a burial place too, isn't it? I wouldn't say so, except for the locals. But there is a tradition that if you're buried in Scattery, that it's the next place to heaven you'll probably go to heaven from there. And so we leave Scattery in the dusk of a wintry summer evening. We leave it in the company of Father Pat Culligan, Gerald Griffin, John Brennan, Michael Scanlon and his last teacher, Nora Culligan. Scattery is heavy with history, heavy with the past, but sad now with the passing of that past into a somewhat nebulous future. <laughs>